Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Mark. I'm with the Valley Church. We're really glad you're with us today, and we hope you have a great experience. Well, today we kick off a brand new preaching series called My life verse, my life verse. And so the next four weeks, four different communicators are going to share a verse from Scripture that's had a huge impact in their life. And so I'm excited about this series, and I am really excited about getting to kick it off uh, today. Well, I don't know about you, but I love college and NFL football. Maybe if you love college and NFL football, give a heart emoji or a, uh, a thumbs up as you're watching. But I think one of the things I just love about football, and some of you aren't going to get this, but people just smashing their helmets together and, and blood flying sometimes and, and sweat being swapped. And I just love that, uh, that physicalness, I guess, of the game. And so I'm really hoping we have some college football and some NFL football this fall. We will, we will see. But before the game starts, every coach will tend to gather his players in the locker room. And that purpose of that is that one final talk, that one final uh, commission, if you will, to say, here's our mission today. Here's the objective. I've prepared you. Uh, we're prepared for this opponent. And now if you execute this game plan, we should have a great chance at being really successful. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but Jesus kind of did the same thing. Towards the end of his life on earth, he gathered his disciples together. And when he gathered them all together, he presented to them the final game plan. And essentially said, guys, if you do what I'm about ready to tell you, if you fulfill the mission that I'm about ready to give you, you're going to see success like none other. You're going to fulfill everything that I came to this earth to do, and the world's going to be a lot better place because of it. See, he wanted to make sure that his team understood their mission with no fuzziness, no blurriness, that they totally understood their assignment and what was expected of them. In fact, he said it so clear that it shows up uh, five times in the first four books of the New Testament. Now, we call that in the church world what he gathered and said to them as the Great Commission. The mission that he gave them and said, guys, if you do this, You're going to fulfill the purpose I came to this earth to do, and it's going to go on for centuries and centuries thereafter. Before we actually dive into that verse of verbatim, I'm going to kind of give you how I would paraphrase it. What I would, how I would say that Jesus communicated this, not just to his disciples, but what he's saying to us today too. And so here it goes. I think he said, gentlemen, listen very closely. There are a lot of things you can do with your life, There are a lot of things you will do, but let's be crystal clear on the one thing you must do. Let's be clear about what you need to be thinking about, planning, and taking action on. There's nothing more important that you will do with your life than the one mission that I give you. Here's the vision which is to occupy your focus, your time, and your energy for the rest of your lives. Do whatever is necessary to bring people into a saving relationship with me where I will be their forgiver and their leader. Teach and model to them how they can be spiritually mature, passionate, fully committed followers of me. I want you to teach them to obey everything I told you you ought to obey. There are spiritually lost people everywhere 
dying in this world, they're dying in their sin, and they're living a pointless life whose soul I want to invade with my love and my life. Go and tell them about me and the miraculous work I can do in their lives. See, this commission that Jesus gave them and he gave us is about enrolling us in the greatest assignment we could ever have. That's why I love this verse. See, he's not talking about that we just try to be good people or that we try to be uh, half-hearted into this relationship or casual about our Christianity. He flat out says, I'm looking for people who are fully 100% dedicated to me, my purpose, and the mission that I have given you to fulfill as followers of Christ. Well, some of you today who are watching this, you're maybe at a spot where you're like, I don't know if I'm a follower of Christ. I'm interested in the things of Christianity. I'm interested in the things of a spiritual nature, but I'm not really sure uh, if I'm willing to take that next step as far as into a relationship. I'm not sure how my sin fits into this and how salvation and what Jesus died on the cross. Well, first of all, I'm glad you're watching. It's not by accident that you're joining us today. And I want you to hang on as I walk through this passage, as we talk about the implications, as we talk about what it is and why Jesus came to earth and why he died on a cross for me and why he died on a cross for you. See, since the time that Jesus gave the last command, the effectiveness of Jesus' team, the church, has been measured by fulfilling the command that he gave. To put it into an analogy, we are the local team as the church, whether the Valley Church or whatever church you might attend. And are we advancing the kingdom? Are we marching down the field and racking up victories in increasing measure to see more lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ? If so, keep going. <laughs> We're doing a great job. If not, something's broken and needs to be fixed, not just as a local church, but for you and for me, if we're followers of Christ. See, it's no surprise as the Valley Church that we kind of use Jesus's great commission as our mission statement. Our mission statement is change lives that are changing lives in our communities. See, the Valley Church is a place where people can come as they are, that's one of our values, come as they are, but we don't want you to stay as we are. We're a place for people who are far away from God, who don't feel loved, who don't feel that God likes them, that don't feel that they can even maybe measure up where he wants them to be. But as part of the local church, we want to take and take the, make, become muscular followers of his. We want to become disciples who become spiritual champions. Because when you and I discover that, when we start to fulfill the mission that Jesus talked about in this passage, his last huddle, if you will, with his team, we will begin to discover our purpose and we discover that we were created to make an incredible difference in this world. Now, for that to happen, for us to essentially win the game, we have to get on the field. When I was a freshman in high school, I played football and we were a big enough school where we had a freshman football team and then a JV and then a varsity. 
And so I had only started playing football in the eighth grade, and I was a quarterback, and honestly didn't even know all the positions. I remember going to the library and checking out a book to learn the difference between an offensive guard and a tackle and who the center was. Center was a little easier to figure out. I figured he'd be right in the middle. Uh, but it, after that first year of eighth grade football, I thought, well, I'll go up to freshman and, and kind of continue to progress a little bit until one summer day, the head varsity coach showed up at my house and had a conversation with my parents and I, and essentially saying there was no backup varsity quarterback. We had a starting varsity quarterback who actually was really good, actually went on to play Division I football, but there was no backup. And they thought that I would be ready which is crazy because I only played one year, to serve as the the backup on the varsity team. I would be the head JV or the starting JV quarterback, but then I would dress and in an emergency, if needed, fill in at the varsity game. So on Friday nights, football Friday nights, it was one of the coolest things, right? As a freshman, I got to go out there with the juniors and seniors, run through the tunnel, run through the, the thing that they, you know, the cheerleaders had out there and the roaring crowd and all that but I really didn't want to get on that field. Even though I would stand on the sideline in a, in a cold central Pennsylvania night and freeze, uh, the last thing I wanted to do was to hear my name called to get on that field. Uh, to be honest, I didn't feel I was prepared. And then when I looked at those guys as a freshman and looked at those juniors and seniors, uh, I had no interest in getting creamed. <laughs> I had no interest, interest in getting demolished. But Jesus told his disciples, you need to get on the field. You need to get dirty, and you need to make a difference in the lives of other people. And he said this to quite a very unlikely group of guys. Now, as we look at this passage today, it'll be on your screens, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, he says the following, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus saw something special in this group of country bumpkins, if you will. These guys who actually had been flunkies, they had failed out of school, that's why they were back fishing and doing their other jobs, because they had, had not passed through Hebrew school or for it to be, a, to be a priest or a rabbi. But here's what he saw. When he looked at those men, when they were in that lock, proverbial locker room, sitting around, and he was given these final instructions, he saw a group of guys that I would describe as this. He saw a group of people who were willing to get onto kingdom fields and play their hearts out. He saw a group of guys that were teachable and hungry to grow spiritually. He saw a group who would obey him without reservation. He saw a group of world changers. Now, did you know that God has a simple plan to reach this world, you know what his plan is? It's you, it's me. God's plan to reach this world with the message of Jesus Christ, the message that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we can have hope, we can have a purpose, we can have all eternity with Christ, is you. Now he wants you to be an impact player. Think about that. He wants you, if you're a follower of Christ today, to be an impact player. See, when you receive Christ, when I receive Christ, we put on the uniform. And we not only put on the uniform, but now Christ has the expectation that we get on the field and we get to work and we do our job. He went on in verse 18, actually, and said this, then Jesus came to them and said, being the disciples, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go. Now, I don't know if you know a lot of Greek, which is what the um, New Testament is written in, but the word go in Greek, you'll be shocked what it actually translates to in the English language. What do you think? Go. (laughs) It means go. We are called to go. Now, he actually commissioned us. God, the creator of the universe, God commissioned us the high honor of being his representatives. Essentially, we are his ambassadors. And he's commanded this. This is not like, oh, it's optional. Oh, Mark, if you feel like it, oh, Mark, if this is something you really want to do today, uh, you know, you don't have to. No. The commander-in-chief commissioned us as his ambassadors to go. It's an imperative. It, It means it's a command. We are to do this. In fact, I would go as far to say, if you and I are followers of his and we choose not to, it is direct insubordination to God himself. Okay, that might have not been what you wanted to hear today, right? But that's the truth. When he's told us to do something and we don't do it and he's in charge and we're not, that's your basic kind of definition of insubordination. Now, all throughout the New Testament, especially in the first four Gospels, Jesus talked all the time about going after the lost, going after those who were spiritually far away, those who were wandering, those who had no purpose, those who couldn't figure out what God had created them for or why they were here. And specifically, he was talking about spiritually lost people. See, spiritually lost people matter to God. If you're watching today, And you would say, I'm maybe spiritually lost. Or if you're really honest and say, yeah, I'm definitely spiritually lost. Do you know that you matter to God? That he's pursuing you? That he wants you to be in relationship with his son, Jesus Christ? He actually said, he had Jesus say this. This is the purpose. This is what it's called. You know, the Great Commission is to reach people who are far away. So if we're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, and that's who I'm talking to right now, if you're listening and you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, you have marching orders from God himself. And if we're truly going to lean into this, if we're truly a disciple of his, and this is why I love this passage, I'm a high challenge guy, so this is a high challenge passage. If we're truly followers of his, we're going to go to any lengths to fulfill this order. So, Where's your heart on this one? Are you motivated to fulfill the Great Commission? Do people who are spiritually lost matter to you? I know the right answer. I know the right answer, but I'm saying, what's your answer? If you look back at the last month, last six months, last year, would how you've approached the Great Commission line up with the Great Commission? See, we can give the Sunday school answer, we can give the quote-unquote right answer, but the reality is, if our actions don't line up with the order, we have failed to follow the order. I like what it says here in Ephesians 2. And I have the Living Bible translation for this one. It says, remember that in those days, you're utterly living apart from God. You were enemies of God's children, and he had promised you no help. You were lost without God, without hope. See, we we tend to soft pedal 
this whole salvation, eternity thing. Um, we say it doesn't really matter maybe what you believe. Um, here's the deal. That's not what Jesus taught. See, he said you're either in the kingdom of God, you're either a follower of his, or you're not. There was no gray area. Either you're forgiven or you're under the penalty of your sin. There's no middle ground. He said either you're in darkness or you're in, yes, light. There is no middle ground. You're either for me, and like I said, or you're actually, and Romans says this too, that you're an enemy of God if you're not for him. See, the stakes are eternal. This isn't like a little game, as I said at the beginning today, of football. The stakes for this are eternal. Not just now, but for all of eternity if we choose to not participate, if you will. See, I remember when I first became a follower of Christ, summer before my eighth grade year at a summer camp. That's why I'm so big. The Valley Church is so huge on ministry to teenagers and to children because uh, over 90% of decisions for Christ are made before the age of 18. And so even during this time when we can't physically be together, you notice a lot of content going out for our kids and for our families and our teenagers, and they're on Zoom and doing different things. Actually, our teens at Troy are starting to do a thing where they're uh, serving, uh, put a, a, a lunchbox truck together that's going to sit at our new location for people who are in need. I know the teens at, at Piqua are doing a lot of awesome stuff too. But I remember when I became a follower of Christ and that joy I mean, you, and that, you just knew that, that in, joy, you can't even express it. It's almost like an explosion of joy in your heart. And if you've ever helped lead someone to Christ, if you've ever shared your story with someone, if you've ever helped someone on their faith journey, you've probably experienced that same explosion of joy. Why? Because that's what we were created to do. After giving our life to Christ, our next assignment is to share the love of Christ and what he's done in our life with as many people as we possibly can. It goes on to say this in 2 Corinthians. We are Christ's what? I said it earlier. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is using who? Your neighbor. No, he's using us to speak to you. We beg you, as though God, Christ himself were here pleading with you, receive the love he offers, be reconciled to God. See, we as Jesus followers possess the best news ever. <laughs> you know, like hashtag best news ever. We have the best news ever to give to this world. And there's the news that you could be forgiven and you can be adopted into God's forever family. And as a result of that, you will discover purpose, you will discover meaning, you will discover hope, and you'll get to experience the incredible love of God that for so long maybe you pushed away. Here's the craziest thing. Jesus banked all of this on us fulfilling the mission as his ambassadors. He relies on us. We will either win or we will lose on fulfilling the mission that he's called us for. So the question you're probably asking, well, how do I do this, Mark? Are there some practical ways? I'm nervous to share my faith. I'm nervous to invite others. I'm nervous to do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm going to give you four easy ways at our Piqua and our Troy locations, or if you're watching somewhere else, whether where you live or wherever that might be, 
how do we move the ball? How do we move the ball down the field to the end zone to fulfill the mission? Church online. Invite people to church online. Invite them to what you're doing. Host a watch party on Facebook. I love doing that. It's an easy way. Invite them, invite them, invite them. We're going to continue. We at both campuses are going to continue with church online. Even once we start meeting back together, it's a platform to reach the world. (laughs) Is that not crazy or what? And then we want to lean into that so we're not only just getting to hear the message, but then you can take next steps. If you're watching today and you want to take next steps of baptism or you want to take a next step of child dedication or you gave your life to Christ today or maybe we'll give your Christ in a little bit when I give you an opportunity to do that, let us know. Fill out a virtual connection card that you'll see popping up on the screen. Let us know. The worst thing you can do is really to stay anonymous. That's what the enemy, that's what Satan wants you to do as you're watching. If you make a decision or you want to learn more or you want to get plugged into some group, whether it's a virtual group or if you live locally, you can get a physical group, especially when we start meeting together again. Don't hide behind the screen. Don't hide behind your tablet or your phone. Take a step. Share with someone. Share with us. You know, fill out that connection card. Make a comment as you're watching. Call the church. Shoot us an email. But let us know. It's so important to take a step on your faith journey. How else can you fulfill the mission? Well, this is an easy one. I'm talking about this might be the easiest one in the world that's so non-threatening to fulfill the Great Commission. Invite someone to like the Valley Troy page or the Valley Pickwick Facebook page. It's so simple. You all have friends on Facebook, I think. If you don't, be nice. Be nicer, right? But Invite your friends to like the page, because guess what? When they do that, it's going to scroll. They're going to see on their feed when we go live. They're going to see other content we have out there. It's an incredible way to let people see what Christ is doing in our lives and give them an opportunity to hear the message of Jesus Christ of salvation. The other thing is this. third one is this. The Valley Church at home, as we're still meeting at home, invite another family over. If you're comfortable doing that, if you don't have any health restriction or they don't, invite and do church together. Watch together. I call it this. Watch together, talk together, and then just as important, eat together. Watch together, talk together, eat together. Invite another family over. Invite a a family member over, someone who maybe is not a follower of Christ yet or is searching on this search or on this seeking path. Invite a family or two over, stay within restrictions or whatever you feel comfortable with, but it's a great opportunity. Don't just do it alone, invite someone else. I wanna close with this today. See, if Jesus is your forgiver, if he's your leader, you're on his team and you have a mission to fulfill, you have a purpose. You are now free of the guilt and you're free of the shame and you're free of all those things that hold so many down who haven't surrendered their life to Christ, accepted the gift of salvation, and made Jesus the leader of their life. Your job, my job, is to fulfill the Great Commission. Fulfill the Great Commission. Some of you watching today have never given your life to Christ. You are living in guilt. You're living in shame. You're living in a hiddenness of some sort. You know that something's missing. You've tried to fill it with so many other things. And while those things you fill it with bring temporary relief or satisfaction, that void always comes back. You're spiritually lost. We all were, even those who now are found, who have given our lives to Christ. I think today's the day that you need to make a decision. Quit 
making laps in the wilderness, quit running on the hamster wheel, surrender. Surrender is not giving up. It's giving over in Jesus's world. It's giving over your control of your life. It's giving over your sin to him. It's, it's saying, God, I accept this forgiveness. I don't, you don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to understand all the theological points. But you have to recognize one simple thing, that you're a sinner. And that your sin is cosmic treason against a perfect and a holy God. Your sin has broken that relationship. And the only way, think of a bridge, the only way that you can go from where you are to where Christ is, is through the cross in the middle. Will you accept the gift of salvation? The band's actually going to come back up and, and play a song. And I love this song. It's called Run to the Father. And maybe that's what you need to do today. Run to the Father. And if you make a decision for Christ today, let us know. Fill out a connection card. It's not, we don't keep tallies in the stuff. We want to help you in your faith journey. You can't do it alone. None of us can. You need a mentor. You need someone who's farther along on their spiritual journey. We have a thing actually literally called the journey where you'll get partnered up with a mentor and walk through a minimum of eight weeks together of growing in your faith. Ask your questions and learn. Are you going to make that decision today? Today's the day to do it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you for this great commission. For those that are listening who are followers of you, God, I pray that we would not just pass this off as something we know we should do, but we don't, but that we would look at it and say, honestly, if we fail to do this, we are insubordinate. We are in total disobedience to you. God, I pray that that would really sink in. We wouldn't just let that be an exercise of the mind, but that would really get into our heart. That would really mess with us. It would really bother us until we start doing something about it. God, I pray for those who have realized whether they've, they've asked Christ to come into their life earlier in this, this uh, service, this sermon, or, or now, that they would realize the condition of their heart is broken. That's what sin does. And that they would come to the point where they're sick and tired of living in shame and guilt and fear and all the other things that Satan wants them to live in, but that you want to come and you want to set them free. I pray today that people would, rec would, would say yes to you, that they would say, God, I want to be set free. God, forgive me of my sins. Set me free. God, I don't want to be bound down with this thing. Set me free. God, I don't want to live under this oppression, under this, under this bondage anymore. Set me free. And God, I pray that people all around this region, this state, this world right now are experiencing freedom like they've never experienced before. That they would run to the Father and accept his gift of forgiveness and that they would accept his gift of grace. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.